Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa, the show where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers together with Solomon Ashams and today we ask what lessons can Africa learn from the 2014 World Cup? Africa had two teams in the second round of the World Cup for the first time, but there were a lot of areas of concern. Cameroon, Ghana and Nigeria all had administrative issues. And on the other hand, we saw the likes of Belgium and Costa Rica reaching the quarterfinals. Belgium with a golden generation of players. To me, it's a little bit like uh, the Ivory Coast situation over perhaps the last 10 years when you had Drogba, Kolo Torre, Yaya Torre, um, Ibui, Didi Zakora, all playing for top Premier League teams. And as Algeria were transformed at the 2014 World Cup, we ask if smaller countries in Africa can draw some inspiration. And we have your comments about what you enjoyed most about the World Cup and that Robin van Persie header was a memorable moment for many by the looks of it. So there's still so much to talk about as far as the 2014 World Cup is concerned. Germany the champions, Africa getting two teams in the second round but not reaching the quarterfinals, and Cameroon, Ghana and Nigeria all having administrative issues. For Cameroon and Ghana, it was over players demanding the money that they were entitled to. For Nigeria, it was leadership issues. We'll get Solomon's views on this shortly, but to first, Solomon met Jimmy Tao at the World Cup in Brazil. Uh, he's a former South Africa international and a former former captain of two of South Africa's biggest clubs. That's Orlando Pirates and Kaiser Chiefs. South Africa, of course, hosted the World Cup in 2010 and Solomon asked Jimmy Tao how he compared Brazil 2014 with South Africa 2010. You know, it's just the influx of people who've come in from all walks of life to actually just come and embrace what Brazil is all about, the lifestyle, the football, the culture of Brazil and just the life experience of being here during this festivity. And I think I can relate with that also in South Africa because we went through the same period also. And uh, the energy that's here, uh, the fun that's here, and just everybody who's been having fun in terms of watching the football and just the life on Copacabana, I think is the best thing ever. <laughs> and uh, let's go down home to Africa. We had five African teams here, only two got to the uh, round of 16, Algeria and Nigeria. How would you evaluate Africa's uh, team's performance? I think overall it would be very disappointing. Uh, because we had expected or hoped that uh, uh, all the representatives from Africa would have done us proud in terms of at least getting to the semi-final. But they were knocked out early. Uh, a lot of squabbles in the Cameroon team. It was very disgraceful to actually witness that. Um, and I think uh, just um, a few disappointments also from Ivory Coast. When you look at the team that they have at their disposal, to be knocked out so early, it, it was quite uh, disappointing too. Um, so, yeah, I think when I look at those teams, I think as, as Africa, we can't be proud of our achievements in this World Cup. And anything about Nigeria? I mean, a lot of uh, hope was also on them. A few players that were very quality, but some of them was a bit disappointing. Yeah, no, uh, Nigeria have always shown potential of being one of the powerhouses in world football. But every time when they get to these stages, they always face out, you know. And I think uh, that's one, also one of the teams that I had expected to actually do much better than they did. Um, individually, they played well, but as a collective, I don't think that they achieved uh, their, their goals. What do you think Africa would have learned from this World Cup? I think it's just preparation. Some of the European and Southern uh, America teams take the World Cup very seriously, and, uh, and because of that, they put all their issues behind. When you look at the issue that uh, the Cameroon team had in terms of the match bonuses and all 
those were issues that were supposed to have been sorted out long before the tournament had even began. Because for me, I think that was their major distraction. And then secondly, I think in terms of developing the game from a grassroots level, I think some of the European countries are far ahead of us uh, Africans when it comes to just grassroots football and developing our own athletes for future competitions. That's Jimmy Tao, former South Africa international and former captain of two of South Africa's biggest clubs, Pirates and Chiefs. So he says he's disappointed with Africa's performance and says African teams need to be better prepared and better organised. And he also mentions development. So, Solomon, a few issues there. What do you think that Africa can learn from this World Cup? Well, I think one of the things that Africa can learn from this World Cup is uh, to prepare better. We need to see better preparations from the warm-up friendly games that are going to be played uh, before. It needs to be games that is really going to enrich the team and get the teams ready to play uh, other teams in their group. So if you're playing a European team, if you're playing a team like England, uh, Cameroon playing England, you need to be able to make sure you get a team that maybe has a similar style uh, or is playing at that same level, not Amino. Uh, that, that is not really going to help you. And also, we, we need to be able to, uh, to see uh, a lot of the financial disputes like uh, bonus disputes settled before the World Cup. You know, sometimes the FA and the players agree this is how much we're going to pay you for qualifying for the World Cup and this is how much we're going to pay you for each win, for each draw, and for advancing to the round of 16 or quarterfinals, everything needs to be stated and, and written down and agreed upon. And not just that, but you need to be able to make sure payment is made as promised. The thing is, a lot of the football associations in Africa, they get quite a lot of money from FIFA, though they receive the money after the World Cup, but at the same time, they get quite a lot of money. So I, I think they have enough money. It's not about you go, going to seek for uh, government money or corporate money to be able to settle that. If we can do that, that would be really, really great. And one of the most important things I think also Africa needs to learn from the World Cup is just the case of good organization. We've seen a lot of poor organization on the field of play by teams defensively in the midfield, losing ball where you're not supposed to, a lot of indiscipline, uh, you know, lack of concentration for the duration of the game. Uh, and that's, that has really cost Africa, you know, some penalties, uh, some goals that are not supposed to. We saw uh, Cote d'Ivoire, we saw Nigeria against France in those kind of situations. You know, towards the end of the game, uh, 15 minutes to go and you you end up conceding two goals. I guess those are some of the points that Africa, you know, uh, African teams can sit down and look at and say, look, we have to learn from it because I feel Africa, you know, has really underachieved uh, at the World Cup. Thanks, Solomon. This is Planet Sport Football Africa. Steve Vickers together with Solomon Ashams. And tell us what you think on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. What lessons do you think that Africa can learn from the 2014 World Cup? The Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and that's all one word. Well, let's hear now from European football expert Stuart Weir. Now, Stuart, Belgium reached the quarterfinals of the World Cup, their best performance since 1986, and they were expected to do well as they've got a great generation of players who've been performing well over the last couple of years. Uh, also, there was Costa Rica, the biggest surprise of 2014, reaching the World Cup quarterfinals. Uh, so, Stuart, what would you say that a country needs in order to go on a good World Cup run? Is it good organisation? Is it a great crop of players? Is it sometimes just good luck? Well, I think with Belgium it is simply that a generation of players that people sometimes call the golden generation has just come at the same time. People like Fellaini, 
uh, Lukaku, Eden Hazard, and of course the captain Vincent Company, uh, to have players like that at the same time, because often small countries have one star player and they don't have a team to build around it. Belgium has just been blessed by the talent emerging at the right time, and then we can even add to that two young players, uh, Yanisai of Manchester United uh, and Doric Origi, who's come in and scored. So I don't know how you can make that happen. It just the talent was there. I would suspect that in 10 years' time, Belgium won't have the same crop of players. So in a way, it's just a matter of exploiting it while it was there. Uh, to me, it's a little bit like... Uh, the Ivory Coast situation over perhaps the last 10 years when you had Drogba, Kolo Torre, Yaya Torre, um, Ebui, Didi Sakura all playing for top Premier League teams. And perhaps that team, although they had some very difficult World Cup draws, they didn't quite exploit the talent that they had in terms of winning what they might have done. So Belgium may have two World Cups and two European Championships, and they've really got to see if they can win something out of that before the next generation comes along. So I think to start with, it's a matter of luck to some extent that players are born and play at the same time. Uh, And then it's a matter of moulding them into a team and really recognising that this is a window that you've got to take. And the case of Costa Rica, just going on a run of good fortune or self-belief, what would you say was the the secret there? Well, of course, you know, in England we have the FA Cup, which is such a tradition of giant killing, you know, a little team beating a big team. And to some extent, I think I would see Costa Rica as being giant killers. I'm not sure what we learn from Costa Rica. Perhaps it's just a one-off uh, I don't suspect that they will be in the quarterfinals of the next two World Cups. Uh, I think they've had their day, they've taken on the Giants and they've managed to prevail by playing good, enthusiastic football uh, and getting, getting the goals when it mattered. Well, thanks to Stuart Weir. So, Solomon, maybe the African countries just don't have that golden generation of players like Belgium. Uh, Ivory Coast did, but they're old now. Uh, Maybe, too, the African countries didn't just have the luck that Costa Rica had. Well, if you look at Costa Rica, they have a a lot of young players, uh, so definitely that's a golden generation and getting all the way to the quarterfinals just show how much potential they do have uh, Nigeria you know had a golden generation back in the 90s you know we're talking about the team of 94 winning the Africa Cup of Nations in Tunisia and also doing well at the World Cup in the USA and winning the Olympic gold medal uh, you know at the uh, Olympic Games in Atlanta in 1996 I, I mean I still cannot believe it that you know Cote d'Ivoire has never you know they've been into three World Cups, they'd never gone into the round of 16. Now, when I look at Algeria's performance in reaching the second round for the first time, I sort of see a lot of hope for smaller African countries, because in my country, Zimbabwe, the football team's going through a bad patch, but Zimbabwe can look at Algeria and say, we've beaten them before. Um, They beat Algeria at the Nations Cup finals in 2004, and Algeria made this huge improvement from the 2010 World Cup, where they were very poor, uh, to 2014, where they were so exciting. So... Maybe, Solomon, it just seems to suggest that uh, many other African countries can potentially qualify for the World Cup or at least get themselves organised and make it to the Nations Cup. 
I definitely believe so. It's not the size of your country or how much uh, talent you have, but it's just a case of using what you have to, to work for you. You know, I think countries like Ethiopia, uh, a lot of people would think Ethiopia is an athletics nation, but I, would, I, you know, I really definitely think a country like Ethiopia can go so well. Uh, it's just a case also of going across Europe, uh, going to diaspora and looking for Africans and players from your country, you know, uh, that are born in Europe. You know, like we saw... Uh, Belgium, we saw a Divock uh, Origi uh, playing for Belgium. He's Kenyan born. If, if they had noticed him much, much earlier and really tried to encourage him to play for, for Kenya, maybe things would have been different. I, I think about nine players from that uh, Algerian team were born in France, you know, and, and you have to just identify them and, and convince them. So certainly hope for the future. Well, tell us what you think about this on our Facebook page. What lessons do you think that Africa can learn from the 2014 World Cup? We'd love to hear your views. The Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and that's all one word. Finally, last week on Facebook, we asked, what have you enjoyed most about this World Cup? Adama Baji said, oh, it was when Wayne Rooney scored his first goal for England. I felt so happy. Herbert Ramsey B. Gomez in the Gambia says, I enjoyed the two best goals of the World Cup, scored by Robin van Percy of the Netherlands and James Rodriguez of Colombia. Olatunde Adeleke in Nigeria says a lot of surprises, including Holland's five goals against defending champion Spain, the Iran-Nigeria and Nigeria-Argentina games, the Brazil and Germany match, which ended 7-1 against Brazil, and the late penalty that sent the Ivorians back home in their last group match against Greece. Simply, I enjoyed the surprises in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, says Olatunde. Uh, Abdali Cham in the Gambia says my verdict is the fantastic goal from Robin van Persie against Spain. Sylvester Simon in Nigeria says the flying header of Van Persie, the thrashing of Spain by Holland, the disgraced Brazilian squad, the Suarez biting and the Cameroonian turmoil in the field of play. A memorable World Cup indeed, says Sylvester. Uh, Musa Fati and the Gambia says what I enjoyed most in the World Cup was seeing the host nation being humiliated by Germany in the semi-finals. And for the first time in history that two African countries made it to the round of 16. What a record. Next time, three or four will reach the same stage and two will proceed to the quarterfinals. That's a record that Africa is waiting to see, says Musa. Abli Osise in the Gambia says what I enjoyed most in this World Cup was no doubt seeing world champion Spain being thrashed by the Netherlands and also seeing our beloved referee Papa Bakari Gassama making a fantastic refereeing debut in the Chile-Netherlands game. And Abdu Dem says what I most enjoyed was the goal line technology and the vanishing spray. It was a World Cup of surprises with many goals and some entertaining goalkeeping. It was my best ever World Cup 2014, says Abdu Dem. Certainly it was great and very memorable indeed. The Facebook page again, Planet Sport Football Africa. That's all one word. And that's it for this week's edition of Planet Sport Football Africa. So from me, Steve Vickers and Solomon Ashams, thanks for listening. You can find us online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.